Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... No matter what they do to us, we are not going to quit. We are not going to let up. We are not going to become inactive. As a matter of fact, we're going to become more active in the things that we're doing. Philippians 3:14, he says this. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Did you know that your perseverance in the midst of pain and suffering is evidence of God's power at work in your life? Today, Pastor Jim shows us how that fact alone can give purpose to our troubles. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Fighting Off Disappointment and Discouragement. No getting around it. Disappointment and discouragement are part of the human condition. It's part of life on earth. It's probably one of the reasons why God seems to have put in all of us a yearning for eternity, a yearning for a better place. Disappointment and discouragement was even part of the lives of the apostles, so it is totally unrealistic for us to think that we get a free pass on it. Here in the letter of 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul has been traveling around, he's been preaching the gospel in places where nobody's really heard about this Jesus of Nazareth, the Savior who was crucified and risen from the dead. He has suffered a lot. He's been, he's been beaten. He's been in prison. And also now he's being criticized by the church that he founded in Corinth. Criticism, interesting. I was reading a fellow, a blogger this week, very famous one. He's a Baptist, and he's the CEO of Lifeway Resources, which is a huge, huge publisher in the South. In fact, we use their children's curriculum. And he said that today, criticism is the big distraction of the church. Criticism is the thing that is taking Christians and churches off the mission. And he makes the case that if churches and individual Christians don't stop with their criticism, he predicts that as many as 100,000 churches could be taken down by this in the next 10 years. Yet for the Apostle Paul, it's very interesting, adversity seems to ignite a fire of faith in him. In this letter, he's clearly hurt. He loved these people, and they seem to have turned on him, and they're following other people. But adversity seems to press him in harder in his faith, not less in his faith. And so what I want to talk with us about today, and the title of the message is Fighting Off Disappointment and Discouragement. Fighting Off Disappointment and discouragement. If you're taking notes, there's only two things we want to look at today, and this is a very rare moment for us here at our church. Point one will be significantly shorter than point two. Normally, there's two or three or four points. Point one is really long, and then I rush to get through the rest, but that's not the way it's going to be today. Point two is going to be much longer, but I think we need point one to sort of set the stage. So number one, we fight off disappointment and discouragement with perseverance. 
with perseverance. Let's back up one verse to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, he says, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, note these next three words, are being transformed... We're being changed. Something's going on in the life of a Christian. If you're not a Christian, we're really glad that you're here. This stuff we're going to be talking about today applies to those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, which we would love to have you do today. But we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by, some of your versions say, which comes from the Spirit of the Lord. So this transformation comes from the Holy Spirit. Now our verse for today, 2 Corinthians 4.1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, and it's the ministry that he talked about in chapter 3, therefore, since we have this ministry, this ministry of the Holy Spirit, much of what he talked about in chapter 3, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Jump down to verse 16, the very beginning Therefore, after talking about all the suffering and problems that he has been through, he says, we do not lose heart. What do you think, looking at verse uh, 1 and looking at verse 16, what do you think he wants us to see in chapter 4? We do not lose heart. Another version puts it this way, we are not giving up. Now you say, but how can he say that with all the trouble that he has been in? And a lot of us have a lot of trouble. A lot of us have a lot of pain. And I'm not one for comparing those things because we all wear them differently. And we'll talk about that in a second. But this guy has been through a lot and he's serving God. It's kind of like when we did the life of Joseph, we're like, God, is this the way you treat your friends? And he is going through a lot in serving God. How can he say that we're not going to lose heart? We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. How can he say that? Well, the first thing he says this, he says, since we have this ministry, another way of saying it is for this reason, because we have this ministry, he's saying to us, because we don't quit because we have been given a ministry, and every Christian has been giving a ministry, a service to perform for the Lord. We have this ministry from the Lord. Now, it's interesting, in chapters 2 and 3, he was talking about suffering, which revealed the knowledge of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. And now he's talking about, in chapter 4, he's going to tell us that his endurance, serving while suffering, is due to and a sign of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in him. So the Apostle Paul ties the mercy of God to his ministry as well. When he says, as we, teachers, this is what we call authorial. It means it's the author writing about himself, but he's including other people in it. He says, as we have received mercy... Literally, he's saying, we have been mercied. We have been mercied by God to be saved, to have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and to serve. But it is a gift from God, but not one of those gifts. Sometimes we give gifts and people, you know, you like give a gift certificate or a gift card or something to somebody, and you're like, well, buy whatever you want. No, it's not that kind of gift. 
It's a gift that comes with responsibility because God's gifts are to be shared. So it's important for us to realize he's telling us here that both salvation and service are a gift from God. Why is that important? The reason that is important is because when things get tough, it's easy for us to think it's okay to quit, right? We think, oh, things are getting hard. It's okay if I quit. He's saying you can't quit. You have a responsibility because what the job that you have been given to do is actually from God. You can't quit. I can't quit what God has asked us to do. Do you ever feel like quitting? I only feel like quitting the days that end in a Y. Some of you are like, what does he mean? Think about it. (laughs) I think about quitting all the time. I've told you many times, I'm driving up Route 15 and the devil's going, you know, Jim, you really don't need this. And I'm agreeing with him. I'm like, I guess I don't. But then I think, no, I can't quit. I can't lose heart. Why? Well, that's the stuff we're going to be talking about today. So in light of the gift that comes with a responsibility for a follower of Jesus, he says, we do not lose heart. We are not going to give up. No matter what they do to us, we are not going to quit. We are not going to let up. We are not going to become inactive. As a matter of fact, we're going to become more active in the things that we're doing. Philippians 3.14, he says this. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And before you say, well, he's an apostle, of course he presses hard. You know, I'm just me. He says this, if you are mature, you will think this way too. (laughs) Now, as a believer, would you rather be thought of maturing or immature? So if you are mature or you want to be mature in your faith, you're going to think or to start thinking this way as well. Like the Lord Jesus, where it says in Luke's gospel that he set his face towards Jerusalem. He set his face toward the cross when it was time to go. The Apostle Paul is determined not to give in to all the reasons to quit. I'm not going to give in to laziness, he's saying. I'm not going to give in to my hurt feelings. I'm not going to give in to my rationalizing. I'm not going to give in to all the things that people say I should quit for. Even the counsel of my friends who might tell me that I should quit in this. He says, no way, I'm not giving up. I'm going to continue on. And just as this is a temptation for all of us, I really believe it was a temptation for the Apostle Paul as well. And God had him live it out, flesh it out in his own life, So when he could talk about it, he could talk about it with not just the authority of the Word of God, but the experience of living out the Word of God. So what does he do? He fights off the urge to quit with what? With truth. He fights off the lies of life with truth. Now you're worthless. God doesn't want you anyway. Who really cares about you? Lies. Complete utter lies. So he's saying here, the gift of God, of salvation, the mercy of God to save us all and to call us into his service, he's saying here, this was energized by the Holy Spirit in him 
to persevere. And as he persevered, he was energized by the Holy Spirit. And as he was energized by the Holy Spirit, he persevered. And what does he say? Same is true for us. We. We persevere. We fight off disappointment and discouragement by not giving into it, but by perseverance. Number two, you say, well, Pastor Jim, that's all well and good, but this is all very hard. I do understand. Number two, we fight off disappointment and discouragement with perspective. Perspective. The way we think about things. Now, in verses 2 through 6, he talks about the rejection from his own people in the Corinthian church. He's the founder. A lot of them became Christians through his ministry. A lot of them began to grow. They began to make friends. And then when he was off doing other things, or he wasn't around when they wanted, or these other people came in and told them what they wanted to hear, they became critical of him. Remember, we talked about verse 2 last week. He said, listen, I'm not shaving the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And part of the reason they became critical of him was because he told them the truth. Now, we live in an age where people want to be told what they want to hear, even if it's a lie. How ridiculous is that? How would you like it if I stood up here every Sunday and went, okay, a few of you emailed me this week what you want to hear, so I'm going to tell you, but I want you to know it's all a lie. (laughs) Really, who has time for that? I don't have time for that. Maybe you have time for that. I don't have time for that. Verse 7 through 15, he talks about the intensity and physical emotional pressure that he was under. Listen to this. He says, verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So what does he say? We are hard-pressed, but we are not quitting. Okay? We're perplexed. We don't know what's going on, but we're not giving up. We're persecuted. People are making fun of us, but we're never alone. We're not giving up. We're carrying about all of this stuff that seems to be working against us. But it's not true. There's something else going on. Interesting, the intensity of the physical and emotional pressure he ties to the resurrection and the beauty of serving God and seeing people being thankful to God, even if they're not thankful to him. He's okay with people going, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I hate the Apostle Paul. He's okay with that. That's why he says, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Jesus is so worth it. We have been saved in extended mercy and called to serve the king that we are not going to quit. Even though our outward man, he says, is perishing. Probably talking about his body. Another version says wasting away. 
yet the inward man, the spiritual man or woman, is being, notice this, renewed day by day. So there he's out there trying to do a good thing. Him and his traveling companions, I like to call it his posse. Him and his posse are out there suffering, yet they were persistent, despite what the critics said, and the word of the Lord moved forward. The word of the Lord moves forward when we keep pressing in, even if we have critics. And here we see a key. What does he do? He backs away from his circumstances, and he views things from a different vantage point. He backs away from what's going on, and he says, I want to see things from God's point of view, from heaven's point of view, instead of the way it looks from my point of view. On the outside, if you looked at this man, you would say, this is pathetic. I could just imagine him coming to one of us for counseling. So Paul, tell me about your ministry. Everywhere I go, I open up my mouth and there's a riot. (laughs) Everywhere I go, there's a fight. I get arrested. I get beaten. We'd be like, maybe you need to tone it down a little, buddy. (laughs) Maybe you need to back off a little. Maybe you're a little too serious. He would say, get behind me, Satan. Wouldn't he? He would say, that's not the case at all. Things don't look like they're going very well. But what is he doing? He's pointing us to a greater spiritual reality. One of my favorite examples of this is in 2 Kings in the Old Testament. The city of Dothan is surrounded by an army looking to hunt down the prophet Elisha. And his servant is just, oh, (laughs) we're dead. Run away. And he says, alas, my master, what shall we do? And listen to Elisha's response, 2 Kings 6, 16. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So they're looking out. They're surrounded. His servant, oh! Elisha walks out very casually. Hmm. Yeah, our enemy's really outnumbered. <laughs> Why? Because he sees something that his servant doesn't see. He sees an unseen reality that his servant doesn't see. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We're not surrounded. The enemy is surrounded. By the way, that that prayer opened his eyes that he may see. I truly believe that we as a church need to pray that for one another on Sunday mornings. That God would open all of our eyes so we could see. You want to get more out of your Bible reading? Passionately pray that before you read your Bible. Say, God, please, please, I'm asking you, please open my eyes that I might see that I might see a greater spiritual reality. So what is that spiritual reality? It's that there is a different perspective that can be seen because of the Word of God, because of the Holy Spirit, for those who want to look for it. That we can see something very different about the events of our lives if we're asking God to show us. He uses the term here, perishing, He says that I'm perishing. That actually means to be destroyed. He's like, I'm being destroyed here. Do you ever have a week where you feel like, Lord, I'm being destroyed? What in the world is going on here? 
It also can mean something that is spoiled through corrosion. How many people do we know that that's happening to? Bitterness, heartache, drugs, alcohol, great difficulties. So many people, their their soul is corroding away. That's just life. That's what life on earth is like. Destruction, corrosion. But for someone who is a growing follower of Jesus Christ, he's telling us here that there is a vibrant and powerful inward spiritual renewal taking place. And that inward spiritual renewal is what fuels us to go on. He uses the expression, we are being renewed day by day. Friends, this is such a key to the Christian life. What does it mean to be renewed? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Behold, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. A lot of people are just living in the day of when they became that new creation. They came to God and they said, Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so messed up, God. I sinned against you. I know I did it. And boom, God makes them a new creation. Everything changes. All of a sudden, you know, there's color in the world again. They can breathe again. But you can't live off that moment only for the rest of your Christian life. He says here, we are being renewed. We are being renewed. We are being made new again. And notice what he says, day by day. So physically, the Bible says we are in Adam, we are dying, but spiritually in Christ, he says the Christian is growing every day, which he told us in 3.18, he said we are being transformed. Now you say, Pastor Jim, uh, you don't understand. You're right, I don't, okay? But you say the problems are just so persistent. Have you noticed that? You have a problem and you're like, God, take it away. And so he takes it away. And before you even have time to thank them, there's another one. (laughs) Or maybe three. (laughs) I mean, they just keep coming and coming and coming. The problems are so persistent. But he's telling us here, so is the daily spiritual renewal and growth. More persistent than the problems. You say, how? How does that happen? Well, he uses this same word in Colossians 3.10. He says, and have put on the new man who is renewed, and it's a word of continuous action. A lot of versions translate that being renewed. The idea is a process and this progress. We are being renewed. We are renewed in knowledge. Keep that in the back of your head. We have to come back to that in a minute. According to the image of him who created him, we're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of God who created us. Ephesians 4.24, the same Apostle Paul said, and that you put on the new man. So who has to put on the new man? We have to put on the new man. So there's a sense of responsibility that we have, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what's the key to being renewed? What's the key to this new man being put on, this new woman being put on? He says it in Colossians 3.10 that we are renewed in knowledge. Renewal and transformation comes through knowledge. Now be very careful because he's already told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians that knowledge puffs up. And many of us know a lot of people who have a lot of Bible knowledge and they're just awful people, 
awful people. People over the years have used the Bible to do all kinds of bad things, heinous things. So we already know, they already know we have to be careful of that. But when he's talking about knowledge, he's talking about day by day. Remember, we're being renewed day by day. And we marry that with knowledge. Day by day, fellowship with the Lord through the Word of God. Thank you for listening to Change by Love the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com that's changedbyloveradio.com. Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time right here on this station for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.